I can see everybody's gone quiet. <laughs> and all the microphones have come on with little red signs crossed through it. So I'm guessing the service must have started. So <laughs> good morning, everybody, and welcome to our service this morning. I'm hoping you can hear me. Please nod. Right, great. Um, hopefully, you know how this works, but if you don't, just in case you don't, please keep yourself on mute all the way through the service unless you have a role, unless you have a sermon, uh, sermon to deliver, Dave, that's you. Um, yeah, mm, Bible readings, prayers, at which point, unmute yourself and come back in and do your bit. Um, the notices for this week are all on the new newsletter. However, we were going to say something about the government's announcement. Um, you'll no doubt have heard the announcement this week that basically talks about churches being able to start up in worship. Um, the elders did meet on Thursday and spent some time praying about that and some time discussing um, what we could and couldn't do. Now, the guidelines are pretty limited at the moment. So it is a work in progress. And we are looking at ways in which we can get the church back to meeting normally. However, it is not easy. It is definitely going to be different. Um, and it will take some time. And all I can say to you is um, keep watching the website. Uh, keep listening to the reading the notices on the news, newsletter. And we will keep you informed as and when we feel it is COVID safe for us to get back into church and perform some sort of worship. It may be that other groups can start earlier than that. But again, we can't make any decision on that until we see all the regulations, all the, the guidelines, and we work out how we can make it perfectly safe, COVID safe, for everybody to come together as a church. And until that time, we'll continue to meet like this. Um, if you have any other questions than that, then just hang about at the end of the service, have a chat to one of the elders. There isn't a lot more we can say until we get the guidance from everybody else. Okay, so as we get ready for our service, normally the elder prays with the minister, and I've not been able to do that because I can't get Dave on his own. So I'm hoping as a church we can just spend a few seconds just praying for Dave and the word that he's going to bring us. So let's just pray. Father God, we just thank you this morning that we're able to meet However we meet, we are able to meet and to worship and to praise you. I pray that you'll bless Dave this morning, that your spirit will flow through him and that the words he says to us this morning are from you. Father, bless this time and bless everybody who's here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And with that, Dave, all yours. So can you hear me? Fantastic. Okay, so um, <clears throat> we'll uh, we'll have another prayer. Well, why not? Um, as part of our call to worship. Well, thank you for Colin, to Colin there. Um, it's all still a bit a bit odd um, doing this by Zoom, but uh, hopefully at some point we'll uh, be able to do this inside the bricks and mortar as well. So let's let's pray. And Lord, we thank you for bringing us virtually together this morning. And Lord, we pray that in our own homes. We are forming a church this morning, a church to praise you and also to learn about you. And Lord, we pray that you'll be in our hearts this morning as we come here to worship. 
Amen. So um, I think it's Kate and Dave who are going to give us the Lord's Prayer, and the Lord's Prayer um, should appear on your screen as well. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as in heaven, give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For, For the, the kingdom, kingdom, the power and, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. I have a feeling that's me now. I think it's birthdays. Oh, I need to switch back to a gallery view and see if anybody's got a birthday in the up and coming week. Wave if you've got a birthday. Please don't, because you won't want to hear me sing happy birthday to you on my own. But go for it anyway. <laughs> no birthdays. Right. I'm glad about that. Now, if my wife was coming to church this morning, I would have to sing happy birthday because it's her birthday on Saturday next week on the 4th of July. Thankfully, she is not here. <laughs> and there's a door between me and her. And if I sung, she wouldn't be able to hear it. So I think I might have got out of that today. I'll sing it to her next Thursday. All right. Thanks for that. Thank you, Colin. Uh, <laughs> sometime we will have um, another rendition of Happy Birthday, but we, we seem to a little dog burying himself in the, the sofa at the moment. Right. So we'll have our first reading um, from Rachel. Reading is Genesis 22, verses 1 to 14. Abraham tested. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain that I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and and said to his father Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. 
Now I know that you fear God, because you have not withheld your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. Thank you, Rachel. And I think Mike has our second reading. Is Mike there? And if not, would you like me to read it, David? It's okay, I can read it. I've got it. Sorry, I've sorted it out. Yeah. Oh, here he is. There was a little dialogue box there saying, would you like to be unmuted? You put so, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, right, just rewind. Okay, second reading is Matthew 10, verses 40 to 42. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. And... Uh... Uh, thank you, Rachel, as well. So, um, as we know, the uh, the nights are drawing in now. So I was going to talk last week about uh, Midsummer, but um, it's not going to be Midsummer. I'm using the lectionary. And uh, the two readings that we've uh, talked about here are Genesis 22 and Matthew 10. So, as uh, many of you know, I work at the university in Bolton. I've been there since last June, during which we've had a flood, a fire, and now a pandemic. I'm waiting for the earthquake and the locusts. <clears throat> anyway, when I started travelling there by car, I noticed something that I'd never seen before. As you go into the centre of Bolton, at each set of traffic lights, a person has stood with a card. The cards are well-worn and have virtually the same text on them, regardless of who's holding them. They say something like, I've fallen on hard times, I'm hungry and homeless, please give what you can, God bless. The whole group, and there are a group, arrive just before 8am, take up their positions, unpack their holdall, put on their high-vis jackets <clears throat> and wait for motorists who are waiting at the lights to reach out of their car window and give them some money. Everyone who passes must decide as to whether they should give them money. But I must say that I've only ever seen one person reach out of their window on all my commuting trips. As I've sat in the queue, I've wondered too. That's a decision that anyone who has walked along the streets of Manchester or London or Liverpool is confronted with. 
But in some ways, it's a simple decision. I can give money or not. Some decisions, on the other hand, are much more difficult. Sometimes it's not a clear-cut choice. You're presented with two paths. Both seem to have some merits, but they may have a significant effect on your life and others around you. We're in a strange place with the pandemic at the moment. The rules are about to be relaxed, but haven't been. Many people just look at the, just look at the pictures in Bournemouth Beach, believe the crisis is all over. The pubs are almost open. Football with no crowd is on TV and all is fine with the world. So I can take a few risks, bend a few rules, forget about social distancing, because it's all over, isn't it? People are making choices. But what about when that decision, that choice is from God? What about if you're being led or called to do something for God and it's a real step of faith? Look at that first reading today. Abraham is being asked to sacrifice his own son. Of course, he knows that his son is not going to be wildly enthusiastic about this. So he's a little disingenuous, which is a really wonderful word that says you're not exactly telling the truth. We'll go up and worship. <clears throat> we'll come back afterwards. God will provide the lamb. Then, if this was a TV drama, there would be an ad break, returning to find his son tied up. But that's just unimaginable, isn't it? I hope and pray that we're never called by God to do something that drastic. For some, the fact that Abraham got as far as tying him up and raising the knife is way beyond being an obedient servant to God. But God, remember this is the Old Testament God, where the relationship between us and God is very much like a parent and a small child, wants to test Abraham to see whether he is God-fearing. He certainly fears God. Through the New Testament, we have a different relationship with God. Although, if you're old enough, you may still remember people perhaps from 30, 40, 50 years ago, saying they are good, God-fearing Christians. Sadly, just as one of, as with one of Stuart's readings from a couple of weeks ago, this passage has been used in the past by cult leaders to test their followers, whilst completely forgetting the new covenant that we have. To know what God wants from us, we must listen through prayer and reading the Bible. Have you ever been taken out of your comfort zone for God? I remember when I first became a Christian, I was told that the most difficult thing I would do as a young Christian would be to walk through the front door of my local church on a Sunday morning. Some of you remember a minister not far from Birchard. He gave up his job as he felt called to be the leader of an independent Methodist congregation, supported entirely by the generosity of those people. Sometimes 
it doesn't make sense, much sense at all at the time. Why is God calling me to do this or indeed, indeed not do this? However, with the benefit of hindsight, we can often see the overall plan. And what we might fight against, arguing with God at times, that this surely can't be what you want me to do, is usually the right one. If you have any doubt, by the way, then always continue to pray and seek out prayer and advice from an elder or a minister. Some people have termed this, going out on a limb, being fools for Christ, not being foolish about Christ, but making yourself vulnerable, a really hard thing to do. But if it is God's will, then you should follow it. How often are we fools for Christ? Are we shy that people might laugh? There are worse things, by the way. Are we sure about what we're saying and doing for Christ? Are we sure that we're standing on good foundations of faith and discipleship? Abraham was very sure that what God wanted him to do was what, was what uh, he wanted. But still, he didn't have the confidence to tell his son the truth. At a human level, that makes a lot of sense. But what he was doing was not at a human level. He was following God's instruction to him. But even Abraham felt he had to soft pedal what the plan was to his son. Mike read the end of Matthew 10 today. But it's a great example of reading around the lectionary readings. And I would encourage you to read the lectionary readings each week. They're going to be on the website. But also to have a look before and after to see what the context is. Because what we read was just the tail end of Jesus sending out the twelve. In verse 16, he says, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and be flogged in the synagogues. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say. For it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. So don't worry about what to say. And you won't be flogged, by the way. But Jesus will be speaking through you. I finish with this thought. What about Abraham, though? I've been asked in the past, what loving God would ask a man to sacrifice his son? Perhaps one that did it himself. Amen.
So we're now going to have the prayers for the community and then a bit of a surprise. Prayers for the community from Fiona. Thank you. Can you all hear me? Thank you. Okay, let us pray. Lord, we continue to pray for COVID and the effects across our nation and this world. Almighty and merciful Father, you show your love to all your creation. Humbly, we come before you asking for the swift eradication of this virus. Graciously hear the prayers we offer for all those affected by the virus currently ravaging through various parts of the world. Calm our fears and give strength to those who support and care for others. Grant healing to all suffering in mind, body and spirit. Eternal life to the dead and consolation to the bereaved. Inspire those who are working to find an effective vaccine. Council governments and health authorities to take appropriate steps for the good of all. Look lovingly upon us all and in your mercy forgive us our failings and we ask this through Jesus Christ. We pray today for the families of the three men killed in Reading last weekend and for those who died in Glasgow this week. Heavenly Father, we turn to you in these troubled times and ask for your peace and love to overcome these days of darkness and sadness. Let us take a moment to pray for those known to us who need our prayers. We pray to you for those from our fellowship who, for whatever reason, <clears throat> excuse me, can't join us online he here each week. May they know your peace and love at this time of uncertainty and feel the strength and assurance under your wings. May we follow the light of your love and spread hope. May we be led to share what we have with those in need. May we be signs of your compassion in the world. And finally, a prayer of hope. Dear God, when we stand at the beginning of a new day, bless us with vision to see the best of things to come. Wisdom to make good decisions. And most of all, Lord, faith that you are walking with us every step of the way, every day of the week. Amen. Thank you. So, um, COVID uh, isn't the only momentous event that is happening across the world at the moment. Uh, many people have used the death of George Floyd in America as a focus for a wider campaign, Black Lives Matter. Some have taken to vandalising or destroying monuments commemorating individuals who've been involved in slavery. Today, we're going to try something new. We're going to sing. For the first time since the church building was closed, the lyrics will appear on the screen and with music and someone to sing along to. You'll need to keep yourself on mute Otherwise, Zoom will struggle to cope. 
So which song to choose? So I've chosen the song that as a church we voted as our most popular, Amazing Grace, the modern version. But here's a little bit of history. John Newton wrote the words from personal experience. He grew up without any particular religious conviction. But his path and path was formed, life's path was formed by a variety of twists and coincidences. He was conscripted into the service of the Royal Navy and after leaving the Navy became involved in the slave trade. In 1748, a violent storm battered his vessel off the coast of Ireland, so severely that he called out for God's mercy. This moment was his spiritual conversion, but he continued slave trading for another six or seven years until he gave up seafaring altogether. He began studying Christian theology and was ordained in 1764, where he became a curate in Buckinghamshire, and wrote Amazing Grace in 1773, nearly 30 years after that violent storm, to illustrate a sermon on New Year's Day. So our favourite hymn, which is estimated is sung around 10 million times per year across the world, was written by a slave trader. So let's sing Amazing Grace. Tim is on the technical controls here. I have no idea what's going to happen. Over to you, Tim.
I certainly feel better for that, and uh, I noticed a number of people bopping along there, which is uh, which is great. Um, so um, we'll finish with the grace, uh, amazing grace it is, um, and uh, we're back to Colin to, to put the uh, the uh, the words up for the grace. Oh, maybe not. May the grace, the grace of, of our Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. And the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit with us all evermore. Amen.